1: Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell employs a minimalist approach to leading his GOP colleagues. In general, he prefers to focus on his opponents and fade as much as he can into the background. Senator Rick Scott, who is the chairman of the Senate Republicans' campaign arm, does not exactly take that same approach. He's outgoing, he's outspoken for his party and what he considers its prerogatives. So, like the odd couple creation of Neil Simon, Felix the Neat Freak, and Oscar the Slob, This poses a question, particularly in a 50-50 Senate, and particularly when McConnell and Scott are both making political strategy decisions in the run-up to the midterms. Can these two men live together without driving each other crazy? So far, the answer is no. Joining us to discuss these two influential senators and the consequences of their decisions is John Bennett, Roll Call's editor-at-large and author of a recent column outlining what's going on with these two. John, hello.
0: Hello, Jason. Good morning.
1: So your your column. Uh, th- this is a, a, a bit of an offshoot from some reporting that you do, uh, writing our uh, CQ afternoon briefing newsletter. Uh, but you've talked to uh, Rick Scott. He is as as uh, sort of I alluded to in the, in the intro. He is he is chatty. Uh, he 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 rarely. Uh, is one of the senators who pretends to be on his phone when you're asking him a question or, or you know, sort of time-honored dodges. And you, and you have been observing McConnell for, for years in your capacity uh, at CQ and Roll Call and other news outlets. Uh, let's talk about this story, uh, this column, reported column that you did for, for Roll Call about just how tense things are between Rick Scott and Mitch McConnell and why it's important.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh Rick Scott is the rare kind of senator who will get off his his cell phone if he sees you in a hallway. He did that uh when I talked to him for this brief interview. Um he was talking about I heard, you know, I overheard him, he was talking about some scheduling issue. They were trying to move something around and he saw me and you know kind of put his hand up and waved and got off the phone and and off we went. Um you yeah, know, the 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 thing that really stood out to me, it, and I'm I'm now putting myself back in that Dirksen Senate office building hallway is he doesn't try to you know he didn't try to put a good face on it he didn't try to kind of dress up the relationship or spin there was no spin Um, he just kind of matter of fact like well yeah um, Senator McConnell's trying to raise more money for our candidates and um, he didn't try to say we agree On on strategy and where to spend money and when to spend it and who to spend it on, he just said, "Oh, they're doing their own thing." And I said, "Well, you know, people say that this is a feud. How do you view the relationship?" And I thought it was really telling. The first thing that Rick Scott told me was, "Well, I did fundraisers for Mitch back in 1993," (laughs) And, (laughs) and I didn't really know what to say. And you know, you can't laugh in these in these moments. You have to keep a straight face. And I just remember thinking. Well, you know, that'll be good for the column, number one. But number two, I said, Well, what about now? I said, How is it now? And he said, Well, we both want to win. We both want to win in November. And I, and I asked him some strategy questions and whether they're to the extent they can legally, because Scott is head of the national senatorial uh, Republican committee. And McConnell has um, McConnell has a leader the Senate leadership pact. So they can't legally, you know, they can't get in a room and and decide, okay, you give a million here and then I'll give two here. But, you know, you could have a – they could have their own conversation in a hallway and and decide, you know, we want to give – let's let's give Herschel Walker some more cash down in Georgia or something like that. No, that's not happening. They're not – I asked him, have you guys sat down and talked? Have you tried to mend fences and, and at least from now to November get on the same page? No. No, they haven't.
1: So what's, let, let's unpack, you know, the the sort of the root of this conflict between these two guys, because in, in general, you have, you know, the, a minority leader or a majority leader working pretty closely with the head of the campaign arm. They are, as, you, as you said, they both want to win. They both have the same sort of objectives, which is to be, you know, like you know, either maintain a majority or win a majority. So let, let's talk about the recent past, right, real quickly, just like this election cycle and some of the divergent positions and, and, and conflicts that they've gotten into. And then let's, let's zoom out and talk about what may be going on writ large.
0: Sure. It really feels like the rift began when uh, Senator Scott put out the NRSC's kind of domestic plan. Mm-hmm. which was not the Mitch McConnell domestic plan. and
1: Because there, there isn't really a Mitch McConnell domestic plan. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's just all about how bad the Democrats are doing, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, Mitch McConnell has never put out a plan because he would not want to show that many cards. He keeps them right here. He keeps them close, uh, not even close to his vest. He keeps them right up against his face. That's why we never know what, what McConnell might do or, or what he's thinking. So Rick Scott puts out this sprawling plan and um you know i've been told and others have reported that mcconnell was beyond perturbed beyond annoyed and 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 you know mitch mcconnell would never put out a plan that sunsets social security every five years Uh, mitch mcconnell likes to win elections so he can be the majority leader so he can control the chamber so he can move or block nominees especially judicial nominees we saw that during the trump years of course they moved hundreds Of federal judges and remade benches across the country um but but rick scott put it right out there it plays into the culture wars and that's not always where mitch mcconnell wants to fight mitch mcconnell's an inside player he wants to fight here in washington he doesn't necessarily want to wade into all those issues and um and mcconnell was was when he is still asked about the rick scott plan uh, he bristles there's no other word for it he he bristles, he criticized it, he, he put distance, all these words that we use in stories, all these phrases that we use in stories, you know, Mitch McConnell ran, you know, 200 yards that way, away from the Rick Scott plan. He did not want this to be, McConnell is, is savvy enough and, and politically wise enough to know that, um, as our Peter Cohen has pointed out to us, our budget editor, um, almost immediately when he saw the Rick Scott plan, Democrats... He knew, and and he was Peter. Peter was right. Uh, Democrats are running on this right now, and and we've seen uh, the Senate is going to be a, a photo finish, and and now the House uh, races look like you know where Republicans could have picked up what thirty seats. Maybe they'll pick up our Nathan Gonzalez, our our uh, roll calls uh, political analyst this week. You know he thinks it's more like eight to twenty. So, you know, they've they've cut it in half and then cut it in half again, what everyone expects them to gain. And part of it is the Rick Scott plan and Democrats are using it. Um, you know, they don't always run on fear. That's what the Republicans have done, especially since Trump uh, came along. But Democrats are, are doing their own version of this right now and saying, well, look at look at this Rick Scott plan. Uh, this is, you know, Trump on steroids. So and and McConnell is very upset. He feels like the plan that Senator Scott put out was just a gift to Democrats.
1: Yeah. It's also one of the sort of truisms too of politics is that when your opponent is messing up, you don't, you don't get in the way, <laughs> you, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't divert attention from that. And we should also note too, that one of the reasons that McConnell uh, enjoys a lot of loyalty among his Republican colleagues is that he also at one point chaired uh, mm-hmm. the, the NRSC. You know, he has a, a loyal sort of cadre of lieutenants and people like John Cornyn and John Thune and Roy Blunt. These are all folks you know who have, in in a lot of ways, they take the, a more low key approach to to being a senator, to being uh, a legislator. That's not everybody's approach, but it certainly is McConnell's, uh, and and it has worked for him. That at the time that Rick Scott released his plan. Um, you know the, the 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 public was still you know had the this chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan on its mind. Inflation was sky high. The president was you know underwater. Uh, the, the Democrats were struggling to figure out what they're going to do with budget reconciliation, even though they controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency. It was just a mess. Uh, and. Other things have happened uh, that that have buoyed Democrats politically, like the you know the the Supreme Court striking down Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs decision. But it really it almost gave a lifeline to to Biden and his folks. I mean, Bi- and Biden has even called out Scott by name from the White House. Something that is really not like all that common. I mean it, it almost goes back to the Clinton years, you know, when Bob Dole and Newt Gingrich were constantly on on okay. televisions, you know, right. like saying that they were going to get rid of social security and medicare and all this kind of stuff. So it's just tactically and strategically the it's not just a style thing. It's it's a you know, this decision is the is at the root, at least of recent problems with these two men. I'm glad you mentioned Donald Trump, because that's I think feel like that's what we zoom out on. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and again, I, I'm wary of saying all leads load to tr- lead to Trump in Republican politics. But in this case, Rick Scott, former Republican governor, you know, a two term governor uh, who's who, you know, he, he flipped a seat that Bill Nelson, who's now the NASA administrator, held in in Florida. Trump really likes Rick Scott and Trump really does not like Mitch C- McConnell. <laughs> uh, he, he has all, you know, the, the, I, I've lost track of all the different weird nicknames that Trump has for him. There's the old crow, uh, you know, favorite. which, Actually makes him sound kind of gangster. It's kind of like the cocaine Mitch thing because Old Crow is like a really like gnarly whiskey, you know. And and so like it, it's he, he may be helping McConnell <laughs> by giving him kind of some <laughs> a little bit of badassery, uh, you know, with, with the nicknames. I, they don't seem to stick either. Um, yeah, I
0: googled the first time that Trump called him Old Old Crow. I said, like, "Where have I heard that before?" I put it in Google, and up came the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: so. You know, and I guess, you know, maybe some people who don't like Old Crow Medicine Show uh, and their music, maybe they won't like McConnell. um, But who knows, you know, where 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 this the genesis of these things. The bottom line is Trump hates
0: McConnell. (laughs) Right. It's a weird nickname Uh, where I live in D.C. uh, in this neighborhood. There are a pack of crows and they run the show. (laughs) um and it so it kind of gives like they're they're tough birds you know they'll eat anything they fight squirrels they dive at dogs when i see people out walking their dogs and you know these crows are really tough up here in (laughs) Fort so he like it's another thing like trump oh wait you didn't think this through did you no um
1: but you know it it all you know in in all seriousness, though, I mean, like Trump has really backed a lot of people who have been skeptical of McConnell's leadership in the Republican Party. People like Ted Cruz, people like Josh Hawley, Scott, and and a, and a few of these folks uh, penned an op-ed saying that, you know, that, you know, sort of, again, outlining their opposition to one thing or another. Uh, Trump said, this is great. And also, we need to get rid of Mitch McConnell. So it's it's sort of open, um, it, it's an open conflict that mm-hmm. McConnell has with Trump and Obviously, I mean Rick Scott is, I I think, the beneficiary of a lot of Trump love. I mean, he he is less he's. I mean, he he certainly sings the praises of of the former president, but it's not. It doesn't come across as particularly sycophantic in the way that some people uh, employ the you know the the wooing of 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 Trump. But certainly, Rick Scott is a more Trump aligned person. And boy, I mean, like McConnell is
0: you know, the, the, the bet noir, you know, I think for MAGA world for a lot of people. He's certainly become that. And isn't it ironic? Because as I said earlier, um, McConnell and Trump worked together fairly well, most of the time that Trump was president and um, to, to reshape
1: the, the right. judicial branch right. of government
0: <laughs> they put together. I forget the, the final list. There was a, a push there at the end. Um, you know, they put together like 300, federal judges. They remade the Supreme Court together. They did that together. And and Trump, you know, McConnell lightly criticizes Trump or wants to run, um, you know, shall we say, more electable candidates in general elections. And and Trump just turned on him. And it really, the relationship really soured on January 6th and after the Capitol riot in, in 2021. Uh, you know, McConnell blamed Trump for the violence. And that was it that 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 was the final straw for uh for for Trump. You know, McConnell, he wanted, you know, not necessarily moderate candidates, but he wanted conservative Republican candidates but but ones who could win general elections. You know, he wants to be majority leader again. Um he, you know, McConnell is calculating, you know, Biden's 79 years old, his approval rating while it's ticking up, it's still in the 40s. It's never it's never been out of the 40s really except when it was in the 30s. So McConnell's thinking, even if it is Trump, you know he would rather you know he wants to be majority leader in a couple of years with a Republican president and probably a Republican House, even um, uh, with a, with a smaller majority than we thought six weeks ago, six months ago. So that's McConnell's play here is is that's what he wanted, but but not Trump. Trump wanted to run, and you use the word sycophants. That's what Trump wanted to run. He wanted to run MAGA candidates, and he did run MAGA candidates. Look at Georgia, Herschel Walker look at other places. So, you know, there's this big tension in the party and it's right and it's all the way at the top. And we got into it a little bit in the column, got into it in the newsletter. Uh, everyone subscribe to CQ Afternoon Briefing. Uh, got into it a little more there. We'll get into it a little more today uh, with an item exploring like what might it look like if Trump's president and McConnell is majority leader in a couple years. And what a couple folks told me is there is a path here to, to McConnell and Trump coexisting again. It, it wouldn't be a partnership necessarily like it was last time, um, but it would be more coexisting. It would work at the staff level. You know, they, they don't have to talk. It, you know, we, we, we got word last night that President Biden talked to Governor Ron DeSantis because of the hurricane uh, in Florida. They finally the two of them finally chatted, but they don't have to chat to deal with a hurricane. The you know, the there's the administrations can talk to each other. And as long as they're signing off on things, you know, Biden and DeSantis don't have to talk. McConnell and Trump don't have to talk if they're uh, back in their offices, uh, majority leader and president again. Their staffs can do a lot of that. So there is a way that this works. And back they'll get they'll just get back on the judge machine and and winning. We're both sports fans. I know we got a lot of sports fans who read and listen. Winning cures all. And if, if they win. Uh, in November, when enough in November and then when in 2024, you know, that that'll cure a lot of this.
1: And and also, I mean, like the the back to the judicial branch and, and sort of the remaking of it. I mean, truly, it can't be overstated how how much this is Trump's legacy and McConnell's legacy. Everything from, as you mentioned, three, you know, Supreme Court justices, to you know this district judge in Florida uh, judge Cannon who who like ruled against the justice department and in favor of a special master to review what the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago i mean she was confirmed in in the lame duck you know after after Trump had lost uh, the election in in 2020 so from soup to nuts from district judges you know in in South Florida all the way up to the Supreme Court it was remade. And and as you said, too, it, it not only does it not require McConnell and Trump to talk to each other uh, on this kind of stuff, but, you know, they're they're, you know, all of McConnell's buddies at the Federalist Society. They're the ones who really like have the pipeline turned on in terms of like, right. recruiting. It's 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 uh, they 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 have a, a list uh, that that is at the ready, uh, ready to supply to the White House and and uh, any any anyone who who wants to take a peek of uh, folks who have you know, sworn fealty to the Federalist line, uh, which is, you know, worked out quite well for people like Neil Gorsuch and, and Brett Kavanaugh and, and so forth.
0: Yeah, people, you know, it's often said of McConnell, and it's true, um, as an appropriator, um, as uh, as party leader, you know, he people have always said he doesn't have a, a big legislative signature piece of legislation that he's push, pushed through. He doesn't need that now because he's got a Supreme Court majority. And, you know, he held up Merrick Garland's uh, nomination very controversially during the last year of uh, President Obama's uh, second term. That's McConnell's legacy, the the Supreme Court that we're going to have, you know, and they put young judges for the most part. Um, Gorsuch uh, is a little older than, than the others, but he's still going to be there. He's still a healthy, relatively young man. So that's McConnell's legacy. And that's also Trump's part of Trump's legacy. Boy, um, he's got a complicated legacy.
1: One thing I, I think it's worth noting too about Rick Scott is that you know while he certainly you know would loves having the uh, attention and support of the former president Donald Trump, we could see a relatively crowded GOP presidential field just from Florida. Um, you know the the uh, Trump uh, now you know. Resides, I guess you know, at Mar-a-Lago. You know, as, as much as that's a residence, uh, most of the year, yeah. yeah, most of the year. So, but he is a Florida resident, right? Right. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the current governor uh, of of Florida, Republican, is is considered a a, a twenty twenty four probable candidate at this point. He certainly is is. Uh, it, it almost seems like he's looking past Charlie Crist, who's his general election opponent this year, a Democrat, former Republican governor, uh, but current Democrat. And and was looking to run up the score, you know, against against Chris to see to to come out of that and and use that as possible a launch pad for a presidential campaign. And then Rick Scott himself, also, uh, who you know is uh, is, is considered a, a potential Republican um, candidate for president. I mean, he he doesn't have the kind of name recognition uh, that somebody like Trump or DeSantis have, but he's working on it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He sure is. And this, you know, this feud with McConnell, it's very much in Rick Scott's interest to keep this going, to keep fanning this, to take little shots at McConnell. You know, he can write an op ed that that posts on uh, Fox dot com. He never has to he never has to use the words Mitch McConnell. He can just allude to things he can. He can you know, he can say, well, the Senate Republicans should be tougher on this or we're giving Chuck Schumer or Joe Manchin or Bernie Sanders win after win after win, or Joe Biden, we should push back on the Biden agenda. He doesn't even have to say Mitch McConnell's name. And and it's really in his interest. And I don't, you know, we had an item in yesterday's newsletter, a former, uh, former aide to Bill Christ, uh, our good friend uh, Bill Hoagland, noted that this could continue in January. You know, McConnell, majority or minority leader, he, he, he has final say on committee assignments. And, you know, Scott's got some good ones. Well, those could go away. You could find yourself on the Senate administrator or the Senate rules, the equivalent to the rules committee, or you could find yourself on no committees. That's that's not unheard of. So this can keep going and you mentioned Florida, it's almost like they should have a play-in tournament in Florida like like <laughs> the NBA does now for the playoffs. You know, maybe they should uh, they should they should do a little bracket and whoever comes out of that can enter this can enter kind of laterally into the GOP primary.
1: It'd be the Florida man bracket,
0: right? Right. <laughs> you could get a sponsor for it. I mean, you could get many sponsors for that. By the way, man. I think
1: I think you you may have uh, you, you, I may have tripped you up by saying Charlie Crist. Uh, you you meant Bill Frist, uh, sorry. Right? You know, yes, uh, from the f- former Senate Majority Leader from Tennessee, Frist, and Frist, yep. uh, right and, and famous uh, uh, heart surgeon too, uh, mm-hmm. doing doing that. Uh, well, John, thank you so much for for talking about your column. I mean, I th- I think again, this is just one of those some people may think, oh, this is just palace intrigue. Uh, and yes, it is. Uh, but palace intrigue uh, is, is what sort of greases the gears uh, of, of politics. People very rarely end up as president or as majority leader or as governor or as county commissioner without some palace intrigue. And I think the, w- what you've outlined here is, is really just a fascinating set of dynamics uh, for, for Republicans at a very consequential election.
0: Yeah. And, and it's not going to go away if they if Republicans do win the Senate. And let's say they have a, a two. I don't think anybody's getting a three seat majority. That's my own back of the envelope guesstimation. You know, Republicans and I've talked to Republicans. They're ready to do reconciliation bills just like the Democrats have done, just like they the Republicans themselves have done with a majority leader McConnell. So you can't, but he can't do that and lose Rick Scott, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and Josh Hawley. That's, I'm already to four uh, without taking another breath. So, you know, this this feud will will keep going and Rick Scott can keep his name in the headlines by pushing back and, you know, wanting to go further in reconciliation than McConnell might want to go. And, you know, this is something to watch. This is, you know, this this is... This is going to be uh, this is going to be front and center for years to come I think. Absolutely.
1: Well thanks again and and thank you out there for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in our newsletter, please subscribe at rollcall.com. Uh, also as as John mentioned, you can subscribe to his newsletter, uh, CQ Afternoon Briefing at cq.com and uh, keep uh, keep on listening. Please rate us on iTunes, do all that stuff that you're supposed to do for podcasts that I, you know, slip my mind all the time. <laughs> But please, you know, tell your friends about it, subscribe and, uh, and go to rollcall.com for more stories like the ones John is writing. Thanks again.